right, so everybody knows that we can never count on the United States Congress to care about America or to care about Americans. But in the end, you can always count on the United States Congress to go to bat for the state of Israel and its government. Ever wonder why that is? Early in December, the House overwhelmingly passed a resolution formally condemning anti-Semitism in the United States and globally. But as so often is the case, what matters is what's in the details. And the House's resolution didn't actually condemn anti-Semitism at all. No, what it did was define practically any criticism of the state of Israel as anti-Semitic and then condemn that. Only 13 Democrats and a single lone Republican, of course Thomas Massey, had the guts to vote no. You see, in America, the political tide is shifting toward greater skepticism than ever of our alliance with Israel. Thank God. But in Congress, this abusive, one-way, extractive relationship is just as popular as ever. So why the allegiance? Why do members of our Congress have to be so unquestionably beholden to this nation-state 6,000 miles away? Bobby Python's been on this program before. He's an America First nationalist. He's a Christian. He's been weighing in on this Israel topic a lot lately on X. He has some interesting claims. The other day, in response to the House's vote, he said this, quote, Israel was formed to heist massive sums of money from Christians classified as Jews during World War II. Largest fencing operation in the history of humanity. They tried to pull it off again with fake voter files and identities in the United States during the China virus. In another tweet, Bobby wrote that, quote, America is, in fact, being robbed by Zionist infiltrators within our government who are laundering money to Israel via fictitious trade with Israel-controlled CCP of China. Interesting. Of course, we want to hear Bobby's full explanation of this theory, so we invited him onto the show right then and there. He accepted and he joins us now. Bobby, thank you so much for coming back. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Stu, for having me. Yeah. So I just want to start by saying I did watch both of your videos um, with Alex Jones. Yeah. And I'll probably be referencing a couple of points there. But as I as I mentioned, I want to stay on, t- on task and go through a lot of material in a very short period of time. So this whole thing with Israel, to really understand it, you need to go back to how did they get so much power? Yeah. How much? How did the Jews get so much power in the world that we currently live in? And we shouldn't be afraid to speak up about who has power in society. Anybody who tries to silence you for speaking up about who controls the power is a criminal, as far as I'm concerned. So criminal criminals try to suppress free speech to discuss who's really pulling the strings. So with that, in 1492, not Columbus, but there is a guy by the name of Bayezid who sailed over to Spain. And he made a deal with all the Jews of Spain that he would give them safe harbor if they left and joined the Ottoman Empire. So it was called the Al-Alhambra Al-A-L-H-A-M-B-R-A decree in 1492. So this is this is what um, this this is what happened that kind of set things into motion. The the Muslims decided the Muslims are who controlled the Ottoman Empire, and it it dominated. The Middle East for about 600 plus years, um, they got the Jews to go there and set up shop there. 
Now, what did the what did the Ottomans get in return? Well, they've been trying to infiltrate Christian Europe for a very long time. So they got potential allies, diplomats, and spies. Sound familiar? Right. Mm. So they they started running this Epstein scheme back in 1492. So this guy Bayezid allowed the Jews to go into the, the most prosperous cities within the Ottoman Empire. And then from there they set up shop. From setting up shop, they are the they're they're the precursors for who? The Medicis. So the Medicis turned into the Rothschilds, folks. This is my hypothesis on all this. But when you look at the research, the Rothschilds were formerly known as the Medicis. The Medicis came out of nowhere and went into Italy, not too far from the Vatican, and they turned around and figured out how to infiltrate the Catholic Church. And they infiltrated the Catholic Church with the money and the backing of the Ottomans. So after this whole thing happened, Pope Gregory which is the basis for the Gregorian calendar that we're under, he was installed by a Medici. And wouldn't you know it, he was a former Jew that conveniently turned into the Pope. So all of a sudden, from within, interloper Jews hijacked the Catholic Church and started to take all of this money from around the world, tax-free, by the way, right? Because religious institutions aren't taxed. So this is, this is how things kind of played out for hundreds of years. So now let's go to what happens in the 1870s. So in 1871, what happens? Or actually before 1871, I want to mention a couple things. The Medicis married into the Habsburgs, which was the Austrian-Hungary empire. So they a Medici married into that. A Medici is actually the mother, Marie Medici, is the mother of Louis XIII, the famous king of France, right? So the Medicis started to get into the bloodlines of all of the so-called royals. There's nothing royal about these people. They're parasites. But they got into these bloodlines and they turned around and figured out how to conquer Europe from within using the backing of the Ottomans. So then in 1871, Standard Oil is formed. Isn't that something? It comes in, it sets up shop in the United States to, to soak up uh, energy assets of the United States. February 21st, 221-1871. Organic Act of DC is signed. That takes place right at the same time. Okay. So now all of a sudden the Organic Act of DC, which some claim is what the basis of the changing, changing the United States into a corporation, that gets put into place. So then you, 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 the, the basis, who did this? You might be wondering, like, who set this up, Bobby? Um, it was bankers out of Germany. So right there, the Habsburg Jewish bankers out of Germany are the ones that set this up. Now, the question... What, wasn't wasn't out, Hitler funded by Standard Oil? I think that Hitler... And Ford? It, I'm, I'm, I, I will go into Hitler in a second, but I, I want to go over this whole thing with Germany and Turkey. So the Turks, Istanbul was the capital of the Ottoman Empire, folks. Turkey, Turkey. Massive, massive uh, overlap between Turkish society and German society. And it's the, that alliance between the old Ottoman Empire, they used, Ottoman Empire used Germany as a staging ground to try to conquer Europe. So now it makes more sense when Mad Merkel was trying to bring in mil millions of Muslim men with no, no families to infiltrate and invade Europe. Okay, so Mad Merkel of Germany is the one that was behind that. 
But before we even get to the to Germany, I want to talk about what happened. So the Jews were given a very privileged position in the Ottoman Empire, and their sole purpose was to infiltrate all, everything in Europe. And I think what happened is some of them got creative and said, why don't we do some infiltrating for ourselves? How do we build up and maybe knock out the Ottoman Empire? So this is a hypothesis once again. They turned around, they said, let's set up shop in the Americas. Let's set up this organic act. Let's turn around, set up Standard Oil. We're going to build a competing faction. And then we're going to get, uh, we're going to get a stranglehold on the United States um, with, while we're still getting paid by the Ottomans. Okay. So they, they, this, this all kind of plays out. So now you, you look at what happened. When did the Ottoman Empire fall? Well, it fell on 11. 22, I'm sorry, 11, 11 of 1922. Now, the reason why that's a very interesting date, okay, is on 11, 11 of 1922, it turns out to be 18,889 days after the Organic Act of DC. Now, they love signing their work, which the cube root of that is 26.63. So two times three is six, 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 six. Israel was founded, folks, on May 14th, 1948. What is that? Day 17666 of the 20, 20th century. Why did they find why did they found Israel on 17666? Well, the book of Esther is 17. That's why 17 is incredibly important to the Jews, okay? That that kind of set up the state of Israel. What other year is important? You want to know how the Jews infiltrated our military, Stu? 1717, 624, 624, 1717 is when the first lodge opened up shop in London. Now, Britain has been controlled by the Germans for over 200 years. A lot of people don't realize that. That's German blood on the throne. How did they get in there? Because the Jews... They convinced the, Germ uh, the, the Brits that they lost the war to France. They dumped all their bonds. Rothschild came in and swooped it all up and took control and got breeding rights into the royals of the UK. So this happened in the early 1800s. But prior to that, they ceded no other than the Freemasons, the, the lodge. Freemasons in this country, whether they realize it or not, are nothing more than agents of, of, of people that are Zionists. And these Zionists, if you look at 1717, that's when the Bolshevik Revolution occurred. That's when all of a sudden in 1717, the Balfour Declaration that was the basis for setting up the state of Israel occurred. And so a lot of our military in this country, why are they serving Israel's board on security? We have over 50, I think it's over 50 generals and higher military people that are retired, getting a pension from the American taxpayer that are advising the state of Israel. This is, this is outrageous. So let's, so I want to get to Hitler now. So folks, I want you to take a step back. I want you to think about the baby boom in this country. And I want to go through the Jewish population of planet Earth in 1800. Now keep in mind, um, I want to show you a book. So this is one of 17 books that I have on the Encyclopedia Judea. Now, this, this set of books was actually created uh, and went, it was published on January 1st of 1971, 
right along the lines, uh, right along the timeline of the W uh, World Economic Forum coming into existence. What's interesting is this book has 11,122 pages in the 17 book series. 17 is once again an important number. 11122 is very important as well to these Zionists. Why? It, it's, a, it's a religious number. You can look it up for the details. But here's what I do know. On 211-221-1871, it has 11122 in it. 11221963, Kennedy's assassination. That Kennedy was assassinated in a perfect number tied to the Organic Act of D.C. It did not matter who was the president of the United States. It was There was a decision made based on the mathematics that they were going to terminate and execute whoever was the president of the United States on November 22nd of 1963. That's what was decided upon. But here's where it gets more interesting. Wait, who decided this and who carried it out? I think that this, this was carried out by, um, I, I would say, German... Uh, German bankers, so the Rothschild clan, the Rockefeller clan, I think they're all kind of inter intermingled. And I think they made a decision when they when they kind of set up shop on the U.S. with the Organic Act. They basically hijacked this country and started mopping up all the energy assets via Rockefeller. Rockefeller was in on this on this cabal right out of the gate, folks. He is not an American hero. And I think that this is, once again, this is my hypothesis. You can look at all the dates yourself. But they, they, they set in motion the, uh, the plan to knock out the Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire was dissolved on 11-11-1922. Uh, once again, very interesting that they would decide to knock out the Ottoman Empire on 11-11-22. Um, and once again, this is before they ceded. Um, the Balfour Declaration in 1917, and then got the Bolshevik Revolution going in 1917. So, Stu, in our country, the United States, the biggest baby boom we had was from 1946 to 1964. We had 78.3 million babies born within that time frame. And we had a, a growth rate of 2.66%, which is off the charts, 2.66% growth rate in the number of babies being born each year from 46 to 1964. Now, Poland, Poland, the reason why I'm bringing up Poland, folks, is over 60% of the Jews of Europe lived in Poland. Why? Poland was the only country in Europe that actually gave Jews rights, that protected their rights in their laws. So it would make sense that a lot of Poles, a lot of Jews would want to live in Poland. And in fact, right before World War II, Supposedly, I say supposed because I don't I don't agree with these numbers. Uh, 10%, 10% of the, the population of Poland was Jewish, is what they tell us. So I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt, Stu. I'm gonna say, you know what? 10% of the, the, the Jews uh, of 10% uh, of the population of Poland was Jewish. And um, and that was the way it was as far back as the eye can see. There's 60% of the population of Jews in Europe. So let's kind of go back and let's look at how many Jews were there in Europe in, in 1800. Well, it turns out there was 1500, I'm sorry, 1.5 million Jews in Europe in 1800. Okay. Cause I, I uh, okay. My notes were 1500. So 1 1.5 million. So now if we take that number and I just told you, if we grow it at 2.66% for a hundred years, 
a baby boom lasted in Poland for 100 years. Poland's population went from 9 to 25 million, which is unbelievable, right? 9 million to 25 million. There was 42 million babies born. 26 million people died. And that was the boom in Poland, right? We had a baby boom for 100 years or so, they say. How was the, how was the baby boom for Jews, which do not evangelize, who do not try to get more people to become Jews? They, they kind of have their own babies, right? They don't, they don't go and try to convert anybody. I give them that. So let's look at what they say. Well, they're saying that in, uh, between 1800 and then 1900, the number of Jews in Europe went from 1.5 million to 8.9, 8.9 million. They were literally growing at 3.41% a year. They had the equivalent of one uh, six. 6.66 babies for every woman alive for a hundred years of every year out of a thousand women, there were 66.6 babies being born, which is off the charts. It blows away our baby boom. It, it, it's unbelievable. But this is why did they do this? Stu? Why did they take the population of Jews from 1.5 million and say there were 8.9? Because then, all of a sudden, when they get that number from 8.9 to 9.5, and this is from their own literature, by the way, folks. I didn't come up with these numbers. 9.5 million, 1938, and then it falls to 3.7 million after the Holocaust, so they say, right? 1948, in Europe, the number of Jews plummets 3.7 million. Now, granted, some went elsewhere in the world. Well, here's, here's the thing. If you take the population growth of the world, and you grow it for 150 years, it expanded by about 60 basis points a year, 0.6% for 150 years. And you started at 1.5 million. You end at 3.75 million. Wow, that's what a hell of a coincidence. <laughs> that the number, the number if, the, if the Jewish population was just like every other population and it grew along the same met- method, there was there was never a bunch of Jews that died. There were you know like there there's some that did. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that a, a, a half a million, million, two million weren't killed. And I think a lot of them also probably took off and fled the scene, as the as you would imagine if you're being attacked. And so some of them might have been listed as dead if they changed their identity. We don't know. I don't have all the records, but what I I do know is that these records of saying how many they had. What would suggest that the population of Jews went from from 1.5 million to nine nine million. But here's where it gets interesting, Stu. They grew at 3.41 percent for a hundred years, which is off the charts. 3.41 percent annualized for a hundred years in the United States. You know what the Jewish population grew um, between 1914 and 1938. They had a big baby boom here, too, right before World War II, 3.51%. They outpaced the baby boom by that much. Now, what's intriguing, folks, is that the baby boom of the United States had the same damn number, 2.66, as the baby boom of Poland, 2.66. And then the growth rate of the Jewish population went up by 3.41%, which is more than twice as many babies being born every year as a percentage of population for a hundred years. Okay. 
They they had the same thing happen in the U.S. They went from uh, 3.5 million Jews in North America to 5.5 million. Now, Stu, I don't have any problem with Jewish people that are honest, okay? But their leadership is not. Whoever's behind this, there's some corrupt sons of okay? There's some really evil powers behind this that are using... The fact that Americans and, and people around the world, they kind of feel for the underdog sometimes. You know, when you when you find out, when you hear somebody's been mistreated or somebody's being harmed, human beings want to help. I get it. But what I'm saying is they set us up. Somebody set us up because there is no way that the number of Jews from 1800 to 1948 is in line with the population of planet Earth. And then right before that happens, uh, a bunch of the fictitious ones disappear. So let me tell you some anecdotal evidence. My family's from the south of Poland. One of the things that was very common back then, this is back 50, 100 years ago, Polish people talked about it in all these small towns. A lot of Jews were coming in to Poland, and they would set up these things called tavarnias, which is kind of like a bar, but it also is an eatery. And they would set up credit. And they would get people to buy on credit. This was 50, 100 plus years ago. And then after they did this and they got everybody to spend a bunch of money, they would turn around and say, hey, it's time to pay your bill after a year. And they nobody had any records. So what do they do? They, they controlled the judges in these areas. They controlled the clerks in these areas. They found out how much property you had and they figured out how to take your property as payment for money that you supposedly spent. Now, this is not just a one-off story, folks. Talk to people from Poland that were in that area. And, uh, and all I'm saying is we've been, we've been played. Now, the question is... You're, is saying, you're saying 100-year-old predatory lending by Jews. That based on anecdotal stories that I've heard from multiple sources over my lifetime, that this has been happening. And you can, you can research it for yourself. Don't take, you know, once again, this is anecdotal. I can't speak to all people that are Jewish. And I'm not saying all Jewish people are doing this. This is here. So here's my theory as to who kind of took control of this. So I have two paths. The Turks and the Ottomans, they employed the Jews to infiltrate Europe. And they lived very well. But maybe at some point, some of those Jews figured out, hey, we can run this scam ourselves. Let's figure out how to run it on other countries around the world. And they figured out a way to take down the Ottomans in 1922. Another theory is the Ottomans found out that they were going to do this to them. And the Ottomans went and started interjecting a bunch of interloper Jews. And they started figuring out a way to knock them all out and take their networks that they built up across the countries in Europe and across the world and then say that they're Jewish and say, we're, we're Jewish. You know, they killed off all the honest, you know, they killed off a bunch of the Jews and then they made a deal with Hitler, which is possibly, this is once again, I don't know if they made a deal, if Turkey made a deal with Germany to say, these guys double crossed us, we need to take them out because they tried to figure out a way to cheat us and, and, and cut us out of the action. So this is, this is one of two things. Either one side was really clever and figured out how to get sympathy from the United States, get us to enter the war, be like really, you know, distraught about millions of Jews dying, okay? Whereas some of those Jews that were dying never existed. 
Because you look at the, the numbers, they were pumped up. Just like in the United States, a lot of these people in the baby boom generation, I'm not entirely sure they existed. Okay. I think that they've been running the scam against us for over 80 years on U.S. soil. And what they were doing with the trade numbers is they were laundering the money out through fictitious trade. Now, how would you get this much money out of fictitious trade? Through the oil markets. So you get it. You need the oil markets so that you can move the price of oil and say that you're using a lot more oil than you are so that then you can create those bogus receipts to say that the money is leaving us. And, and, and this is, this is what, uh, this is where China comes into play. Since 1990 or so, the amount of money that supposedly left the United States, an accumulated trade deficit with China, far in excess of $10 trillion T, with a T. Folks, that's 10 million millions. Okay. 10 million millions is what $10 trillion is. Now you might be wondering, Bobby, $10 trillion flowed out of the U.S. to China. You're saying it went to Israel. Yes. Let me tell you, some of it did go to Israel. The GDP of Israel in 1950 was $7 billion. Today, it's 76 times larger. It's $530 plus billion. 76 times. Now, the United States, we grew 1% a year, real growth. 1%. You know what Israel grew at? 5% real growth for 75 years. How could a country grow at 5% for 75 years? Unless it figured out how to siphon off a bunch of other countries' money. And, and this is what this is why I'm saying this is a hypothesis. People could go check this for themselves. Go look at the, the birth rates. Go look at the death rates. Go look at the economic activity. It's very hard to find it on Israel. Okay, so you're, you talking, go- you're, you're talking about uh, finding other ways to fund. Uh, listen, listen to this. I'll get your reaction on the other side. And why are we fighting a war in Ukraine? Has Congress declared a war? No. So that's Jews too. So if Congress hasn't declared a so war, so the whole we're funding, the Ukraine thing's Jews too? We're, yeah, it's, it's all ab- it all points back to Israel. Do you, do you agree with that? So we're sending hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine? Does- I think that I think that Ukraine is being used to create these fictitious identities, not just in the United States, but across the world. And I think that it is tied to the state of Israel. And I, I do think that the two are, are connected at the hip. That's just my personal opinion, folks. And, and part of it is intuition. But part of it is to look at what what's happened. The, some of the most valuable farmland on the planet is in Ukraine. So if if you're if you know that the Americans might have figured out your grift, okay? If 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 the if the Zionists say, "Holy cow, the Americans have figured us out," they're going to kind of cut us off. What are you going to do? You need food, right? You, so instead of the Holocaust, that's not politically correct to start killing a bunch of people unless they're in Gaza, unless they're in Gaza. Right. But if you you know, but in Ukraine, how do we get everybody to just leave? Get out of here! Just get down, get out! We need this farmland, and so. They figured out how to create a situation where they could steal this land. Now, the people of Ukraine, if they have any sense over there, they should be saying no foreigners could buy Ukrainian land. You have to have Ukrainian blood. And everybody who left, we're clawing it all back. They got to put in a government that says you cannot buy any of our damn land. We're not giving you a damn penny of any land in the Ukraine by this new heist. But that sounds like nationalist policy. 
You see, it is and, a and, nationalist policy. And when, Every the, nation- then when the democratically elected, both sides agreed the vote was fair, when the democratically elected administration of Ukraine started to adopt more nationalist policy, our CIA effected a violent coup, overthrew that government, forced him to flee the country, and installed Zelensky. You mean the Crown Intelligence Agency? So I just told you that the Crown has been controlled by who? The Crown has been controlled by Germans for 200 years. Probably some German Jewish blood from the no other than the Rothschilds, a.k.a. the Medicis. So they're the ones that probably set that into motion and set up the CIA to do these types of covert actions to figure out how to steal steal wealth around the world. And then, you know, 5% real growth for 75 years, it's got to come from somewhere, Stu. Hey, as we, so as gotta, we you, go, go ahead, finish that thought. No, no, I'm saying is it's got to come from somewhere. But I want to point out a, a couple other things that, that are important because this all ties into 9-11 as well, folks. If you look at 9-11, and 9-11-2001, and you subtract out 7-1, uh, I'm sorry, 1-1 uh, of 1971, it just so happens you get 11,211 days, okay? I'm not sure why they love to sign their work so much, but they just happen to. Now, if you take Kennedy's assassination, 11-22 of 63, and you subtract out the date that Israel was formed, 5-14-1948, that's 5,669 days. If you divide that by 17.17, which is 1717, when the Freemasons came into existence in London, you get 330.17. They have to have, they love to have the 33s, the sixes, and the 369s. Hence, 1963 has a 369 and it has a 1122. And so these, they, they like to, I'm not sure why, but they seem to like to sign their work. Okay. That they like to, they like to have these dates tie into other significant dates in their history. And, um, and this is, this is why I'm saying that, uh, um, whoever took control, and I'm not saying it's Hebrew blood, folks, just so I want to be clear about something. I have clients that are Jewish. I have some mentors in my career that have been Jewish over my lifetime. Not every Jewish person is a bad person, but here's my issue. The, the good Jews need to speak up against the evil Jews. Christians speak up against evil Christians. The Pope is a criminal. Okay. I'm Roman Catholic. I don't have a, I don't, I'm not afraid of being called anti-Catholic, anti-Catholic because I'm saying the Pope is a criminal. We got to have a dialogue shift where people stop, you know, immediately assuming you're attacking every single person. No, trying to find the criminals. George Bush is a criminal. He held himself out to be a Christian. Okay. That family is probably the most corrupt, evil family in the history of our republic that had power. But he was tied to the Rothschilds. Samuel Bush, look it up for yourselves, folks. He was in on the rig right out of the gate on taking down this country. He was the largest munitions uh, manufacturer in the United States before World War I. How convenient is that? Right. That Rothschild's brother is partners with Samuel Bush, which is the grandfather of George H.W. Bush. And, and he's got the largest contract for war, uh, war munitions during World War I. Yeah, these are generational ties. Fun. I mean, uh, you know, like I mentioned yesterday on the program, you don't just have like your grandfather in the CIA. You, you don't just, and, and then nobody else knows about it. You don't have your, your dad's not in the CIA and then you go off and become a farmer somewhere. This is generational stuff. 
If, Absolutely. If, if you're involved in a family like that, that's that's generational. You you then are de facto in the agency. I mean, it's just it's going to happen. And to your point okay. about you know not all Jews are bad. Okay, maybe that's true. Maybe, maybe you're right about that. My whole point is, and the reason why this conversation is so dire and of interest is because you cannot help but notice that every one of our American institutions, every one of our federal agencies, and, and at every level of our bureaucracy, I, I, I notice that these people all happen to be Jewish or claim to be Jewish. And well, yeah, no, it's very disturbing. And I think here, I, I 100% agree with you. The and media, I the military-industrial yeah. complex, Biden's but, cabinet, I mean, all yeah. of this stuff. And when I, so, when I bring this up yeah. to Alex Jones, he says, well, so every time you fall on a banana peel, you're going you know, to blame the Jews? I mean, that, that was deflection because I don't see you know, the CCP infiltrating our government and making decisions about war. And I don't no, see the CCP you know, has the, been infiltrated by Israel. And I don't like yeah, that. And I don't see the Argentinian government doing that because he said, you know, what about Argentina? I, I don't see Muslim raiders overtaking our government and infiltrating our institutions. I see real criminal activity. Here's some. Why is our border intentionally open right here? You're in Texas. Why is our border intentionally open while this fake government orchestrates, implements and carries out a physical invasion of our own country? But yet we send. Well, all now of our you got military, my attention because send all I, I, I don't like millions for Ukraine's border or Israel's. I, I I definitely agree with you that that's a point we should point out. And we your, your thoughts on that? I mean, the open border. Who's who's setting up this fake crisis? I've got about three. Well, minutes. I got about three you, minutes left, so I just want you to make yeah. your final points. Sure. So who's setting it up? Is this? If you learn the tricks from the Ottomans of how to take over countries or take them down. It would not be too far-fetched for them to use the same tricks against us if they're trying to take down the United States. And I am hopeful and I'm praying that this is, an, this is a Christian nation. And I think that the, pro, the primarily Protestant, thank God, because I think the Catholic Church was infiltrated as well. And I think we're going to fight and we're going to win back our country by just exposing the truth. And in the, in the Jews that have a problem with the bad things being exposed about their culture need to grow it, grow up, because everybody who's doing bad stuff, regardless of your religion, has to come to be brought to justice. And I agree with you, Stu. Harvard has taken a step. It's a very interesting step. They're they're going to cut their admissions to two percent Jewish people, which is going to be right in line, supposedly, with the U.S. population. And I think that that might be the way in which you can kind of correct some of these imbalances of power across our society where we say, look, we need representation by all groups. We can't have 90% of the people in leadership roles just be one religion. It doesn't matter what the religion is, yeah. any just one religion. And I think this is the way we're going to solve it. And, and doing the bidding and, and, and doing the bidding of a foreign state and taking a, you know, a leadership role in our government here. That's ridiculous. Anybody who is a dual citizen should be removed from public office the, the, we should we should ban that or enforce that rule immediately if it's already in place. I mean, they, they're gaslighting anybody, so yeah. hard that I've seen influencers and I've seen content creators, and I don't remember who it was, say actually out loud, an Israel first stance is an America first stance. No, it's not. Israel Israel is not our is not our friend, folks. I do not believe that for a second. They have double crossed probably the Ottomans whoever is representing themselves to be the Jews, 
And I think they double crossed the United States on a lot of different levels. And I think that there's, you know, the people that are Jewish should feel double crossed because this is how you're being represented by these criminals at the top of your organization called Judaism. Christianity has its own problems with the damn stuff that was happening in the Catholic Church. We we acknowledge it and we bring it to justice. You need to do the same. If you're an American first, everybody who lives in this country should love this country first. Otherwise, get your over to Israel or get out of here and go to the, uh, whatever other country you're from. This is America first, and it's for Americans first, not for any other group on the planet. Americans first. I'd like to talk to some sitting members of the United States Congress about um, the pledge that they make to a foreign state before they can swear an oath to our Constitution. I think that's something that every American should know about. We should post all their names. Yeah. Well, I think it would be all of them. Well, then we need to, we need to figure out how to remove them all. I agree. Uh, interventions in Ukraine, interventions in Afghanistan, interventions in Iraq, interventions in Syria and Libya, now interventions on behalf of Israel. The only intervention that I support is when the American people rise up and intervene against this fake corporate crime syndicate called the federal government. Bobby Python, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. God bless. If you're looking for the newest, best cutting edge products to help push your brain and body to the outer limits, then you should stop what you're doing and check out Neutopia, the most powerful bespoke nootropics on the market today. These nootropic stacks are taking the industry by storm. Why? Because they're safe and they're legal and they're highly effective. Even better, every formula is customized for you based on your strengths and your weaknesses and your goals, so you get exactly what you need. Taking the right formulas at the right times can help you focus intensely, block out distractions, reduce stress and anxiety, enhance your creativity, boost your memory, and a whole lot more. You'll be absolutely amazed by how quickly they work. Within 15 to 30 minutes, you should begin to feel and notice the mental effects. Oh, and here's the best part. These formulas come with a full one-year guarantee, so there is zero risk to you to try them for yourself. If you feel like you're not fully maximizing your potential, then you owe it to yourself to try Newtopia's formula. Simply go to newtopia.com slash Peters. Use promo code Stu Peters to get 10% off any order when you go to newtopia.com slash Peters. We are seeing unprecedented criminal tax hikes, hyperinflation, a full-blown recession, and it's all part of the grand plan. The billions of dollars that Biden keeps sending to that corrupt, fake Ukraine. The trillions in new taxes that he wants to shove down your throat. The electronic banking system crash, resetting everybody to zero. Checking accounts, savings accounts, 401ks, IRAs, all of it. Zero. But you don't have to be a victim. Protect your money and get up to $10,000 in free silver to do it when you call my friends at GoldCo. GoldCo has helped to protect over $2 billion in gold and silver for people like you and me. And now they're offering you up to $10,000 in bonus silver when opening a qualified IRA account just for being a supporter of The Stu Peters Show. So whether you want to protect your 50 grand or a half a million or even more, this is your opportunity to protect yourself from our out-of-control, corrupt corporate crime syndicate. Don't be a victim. Call GoldCo, 855-706-GOLD. Again, 855-706-GOLD. Or go to goldco.com slash stew. What if I told you there was a hostile alien species that controls your appetite, sleep, and focus? Invaders that urinate and defecate throughout your body whenever they are hungry. We call them parasites, and they are the root cause of many health issues that result in pain, suffering, and death. 
The Purge is our solution. Purge Suddenly offers a unique blend of 17 detoxifying ingredients, including black walnut hull and wormwood, scientifically proven to not only kill parasites, but to destroy and flush them out. If you've never gone through a parasite cleanse or didn't do it the right way, our proven formula prepares you for a complete and total victory. Increased alertness, weight loss, and clear skin are just a few of the potential benefits customers have reported back. Kill the parasites, destroy their eggs, and build a big, beautiful wall inside your body to keep them out. It is time to purge suddenly. It's you or them. Make your move now. The older we get, the less IGF is produced by our body naturally. When you're born, you have tons of IGF. It's why you feel great in your 20s. Well, the great news is, is that you can replenish it. Just like multivitamins that you take every day, you can supplement the natural IGF levels in your body. You can do that with clinically proven IGF-1 Plus from Neutronics Labs. We've partnered with Neutronics for a very long time now. This is the stuff that helps you to regain the IGF-1 and feel great. You just spray it in your mouth a couple times a day and boom. Lean muscle gain, healthy weight loss, more restful sleep, positive energy gain, crystal clear thinking, all of these things. There's a reason why athletes and celebrities are big fans of this product. These are benefits from the proper levels of IGF in your system, which naturally you just lose over time. Go do the research on your own at getigf1.com. Great deals over there, by the way, when you put the product on auto ship, and you should. It's not a lifetime contract. Of course, you can cancel at any time. But you should try this stuff for about three months to really see the positive gains. Use code STU to save 50% off and buy one, get one free when you do auto ship. Order it right now. Getigf1.com. Again, that's getigf1.com. Well, by now, everybody knows that I absolutely love Magnesium Breakthrough. I mean, I've been talking about it for a long time. Why? Because it's been a complete life changer for my sleep as well as my mood and relaxation. For those of you who have never tried it, now is your chance. So listen up. This month only, get a free bottle of the best-selling full-spectrum supplement that contains all seven forms of magnesium for your body, what it craves, and exactly the right balance. By Optimizers, the makers of Magnesium Breakthrough are offering a 14-day sleep challenge. So listen up, for my listeners, they're offering a free 14-day supply. All you have to do is pay this nominal shipping fee. Really, that's it. No other strings attached, no weird stuff going on, no other purchases required. Their challenge is simple. Try Magnesium Breakthrough for 14 days. See the positive changes that I just mentioned. If your sleep and energy are not absolutely rocking by the end of 14 days, hey, you've lost nothing. But if they are, your life is back on track. To get your free bottle, just go to magbreakthrough.com slash stewpeters. Again, magbreakthrough.com slash stewpeters and enter the coupon code stewpeters10. Listen, they wouldn't be letting me give these bottles away to you if they weren't 100% confident in how effective it is. And again, this is now on the short list of supplements that I absolutely have to have every day. To get your free 14-day supply right now and to start the challenge, go to magbreakthrough.com slash stewpeters and use the coupon code stewpeters10. The threat of nuclear war is growing every day. United States neocons like Lindsey Graham are just begging for a nuclear war with Iran in the Middle East. China has been planning to conquer America for decades by using Mao Zedong's blueprint that starved 50 million people to death. And don't forget about Israel's mass genocide of an entire people, stoking rage across the entire Muslim world. Our southern border is open. Our country has been invaded by people that hate us. Global civilization is hanging on by a thread. Any one of these potential conflicts could be used by the elites at the World Economic Forum to initiate a mass kill-off event. Mass communications are controlled by the same globalist overlords who want to kill you and kill your family and depopulate the planet. Ensure that your family stays safe. Go to sat123.com slash stew. Satellite phones, generators, 
solar panels, everything that you need to survive. Be ready, prepare your family with power and communication and a bug out bag. Again, go to sat, sat123.com slash stew, sat123.com slash stew, or just call them, 855-980-5830. Again, 855-980-5830. Folks, I get to give you some of the best news imaginable and just in time for Christmas. You remember Tackrite and their mini chainsaws. We ran the item right off the shelves. It was out of stock for the past three months. Now it's finally back. I've been getting emails all over the place. Where are the Tackrite mini chainsaws? They're back. And Tackrite's offering 50% off for our viewers for the Christmas season. This new mini chainsaw is so small, it's mind-blowing. This mini chainsaw makes tree trimming easier plus two times faster. It's the easiest chainsaw to use. You can even operate this thing with one hand. No more dealing with those big bulky chainsaws to get the job done. Thousands of Americans bought this mini chainsaw at full retail price. As I mentioned, we ran it off the shelves previously out of stock, but now for our viewers, we're able to get you 50% off from Tackrite. Grab your mini chainsaw for 50% off, plus you get free shipping if you purchase today. 50% off, get two of them. One for yourself, one for dad for Christmas, one for grandpa, one for uncle. Go to TackRightStew.com. These orders ship within one business day from Tackrite's warehouse right here in the United States, in New York to be specific. Again, that's TackRightStew.com. So get your mini chainsaw today. Last time this product sold out in just days after release, it was out of inventory for three months. Tackrite Stew, that's T-A-C-R-I-G-H-T-S-T-E-W.com. What is that? I mean, look at that. What, what is the Star of David? Is there a Star of David in the Bible? What is this? There actually is. It's the Seal of Solomon. That's the seal he was given by God to control any demons he wanted. Why are our sitting members of Congress wearing this nation state's flag on their lapel pins? Why are we? I don't like the Ukraine flag. I get it. I'm not against Israel or Ukraine. I think it's weird. Let's put the seal of Solomon up. This is a lot bigger than Jews, my friend. This goes back to Babylon and this goes back to ancient um, Egypt. That seal predates Solomon. <laughs> Continuing this conversation about the Star of David. Everybody has seen it. Everybody knows what the Star of David is. You probably grew up putting a Star of David, maybe, or an angel on top of your Christmas tree. It's on the flags. And it's become this international symbol for Judaism. You can find it emblazoned on countless synagogues. U.S. congressmen are wearing it on their lapel. It's flying behind pastors while they pre preach the gospel. And so everybody just accepts that this, this star represents Judaism. This is the star of the Jews. This is the star of David. But many people don't realize this symbol actually is a relatively recent innovation. It's called the Star of David. And as you heard Alex Jones say, it's biblical. It's the Star of Solomon. Well, which is it? Is it the Star of David or is it the Star of Solomon? I mean, what, what kind of mysticism or trickery is this exactly? And when you go look, there is nothing in the Bible indicating that King David or his successors ever used such a symbol. No Jew in the time of Jesus would have seen such a symbol. For 1,500 years after Christ, the Star of David, or hexagram, as it's also called, was only just seen rarely. It was only in the 1600s in the city of Prague that that star started to become this distinctive symbol for Jews. And now today, it's everywhere. So is that just random? Or is there something deeper going on? 
Pastor Steve Anderson argues that the Star of David has darker origins than just being some handy symbol. And he argues that the star is actually mentioned in the Bible. In the Acts of the Apostles, Stephen preaches that, quote, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Remphan, figures which ye made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Pastor Steve Anderson believes that the star of Remphan is the symbol that sits on the Israel flag today. We want more on that, of course, continuing the conversation. And to that, Andy joins us now. Uh, Pastor Anderson, thank you so much for coming back. We always appreciate having you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be here. You know, uh, when it comes to that symbol that's the so-called Star of David, as you said, it's never mentioned in the Bible itself. And the only time you have any mention in the Bible of the children of Israel using a star as a banner or taking up a star as a symbol, it is a false god. It's part of their pagan, satanic worship of Moloch or Remphan. They took up the star of their god, Remphan. And so obviously just the symbol itself inherently isn't necessarily satanic because it's just, you know, a couple triangles or a six-pointed star. I mean, you know, sometimes you'll see a sheriff's badge in the same shape or whatever. I mean, obviously this shape has been used all throughout history, just like triangles and squares and circles, whatever. It's not that complicated of a shape. But when we think about God's people and the symbol that they would have, you know, God never gave them this and said, use this. They, you know, they took up the star of God, Remphan. So it makes more sense that it has to do with Remphan than the God of the Bible, since God never prescribed this. Well, Remphan being not God would there right. be a false god? Well, absolutely. And and here's the thing. I would say that the star the so-called star of David is of course a satanic symbol because Judaism is a satanic religion. So, I don't care what symbol Judaism uses to represent itself, that's a satanic symbol because the Bible says, I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So the Bible calls Judaism the synagogue of Satan. And he says, he's not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh, but he's a Jew, which is one inwardly. Circumcision is that of the heart and of the spirit. And so God is saying that there are people out there calling themselves Jews, claiming to be the chosen people of God. But if they're not worshiping the God of the Bible, they're worshiping a false God. And the Bible says, if you don't have the son, you don't have the father. So if you're not worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have a false god. Now, when did Judaism start to use this symbol? As you said, this is not something that ever was used before the time of Christ that we know of uh, as being a symbol of Judaism or symbol of Old Testament religion. You don't see it really start popping up until around 1000 AD or so. And, you know, it was originally associated more with Kabbalistic Jewish mysticism. Even Islamic mysticism used this symbol. And so the Jews didn't start using the symbol until after they've rejected the Lord Jesus Christ and been labeled by God as the synagogue of Satan. And so, you know, that makes the symbol satanic. And so we've been obviously programmed to say that this is the star of peace, that this is the star of our greatest ally. Our Congress people are wearing it on their lapels. Where did this come from? I mean, why now is this thing everywhere? Uh, you saw, you know, uh, Pastor Greg Locke yelling about blowing up 
you know, uh, Gaza and le- leveling it, turning it into a parking lot. Um, you know, we need to build that third temple. Uh, he's got, you know, this star behind him. Why? Well, you know, historically, Christians have seen Jews as lost, unsaved. They've, you know, rejected the Lord Jesus Christ as their Messiah and that they therefore have in turn been rejected by God as his people. Christians are the people of God now. Jews, that's no longer the case. But just only in recent history, starting around the late 1800s, you have this idea creeping into Christianity where all of a sudden mainstream Christianity is now looking at Judaism as good and that, you know, Jews are like quasi-Christians, like they're halfway Christian or something. And 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 some Christians even act like Jews are superior to Christians. I see a which lot kind of, of that. blows my mind. Why would why would uh rejecting Jesus as your Messiah make you superior? Like like according to their logic, if I were to renounce Christianity and and go become Jewish and 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 convert to Judaism, I guess then I would become God's chosen people by rejecting Christ? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Obviously, you know, the Bible teaches in the New Testament that we as Christians are the elect. We're the chosen people. Okay. So I think that starting in the late 19th century, you've had this big push towards Zionism and you have the Schofield Reference Bible, which is a very popular Bible amongst Baptists and evangelical Christians in the 20th century, filled with notes and commentary pushing these ideas about the Jews continuing to be God's chosen people and how God's going to restore them to the land and so forth. And when you think about uh, the Jewish state being founded in 1948, of course, you know, evangelicals are really excited about this. They see it as a, a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And why did they choose that symbol to be on their flag? Because another symbol they could have chosen would be the menorah which is another symbol that's associated with Judaism, the candlestick that is actually described in the Mosaic law. And the reason that they chose the star symbol instead is because they specifically wanted to choose something that was not biblical because they wanted to rally all kinds of Jews. And and let's face it, most Jews are secular Jews. And even Jews that are religious, they're not really that into the Bible or actually following the teachings of the Bible. And so they they actually chose that star symbol to get away from a biblical idea. Well, there's a, a lot of Christians symbol. that call themselves Christian that aren't Christian either. Exactly. And, and, and uh, sadly, a lot of them are faith leaders or pastors, uh, yeah. you know, fake preachers and false teachers that stand behind a pulpit and lead a flock of people to the lake of fire. Uh, it, because they're, whether they know it or want to admit it or not, they're in league with Satan because they live a secular life as well. And they know that they do and they don't repent and they are egotistical and they are narcissistic and they believe that they are above God's law. They believe that they are above God's word in the same way you have, you know, that carries over into Judaism. These people are secular Jews. They don't really, they don't really, you know, um, believe what they say they believe. And so they just say that they're Jewish and when they say that, they get this unpenetrable uh, like border of protection around them. They're, they're, able, they're, they're beyond criticism. They, they're above any, any critique at all. And so I, I think that you know, we're talking about the same thing. And I think probably in every faith, there's people that do things that they're not supposed to do and then say that they're doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, it, it's, it's no different than an alcoholic going to AA and then leaving the meeting and going home and drinking a half a bottle of Jack Daniels. It, it happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, people lie. People... Uh, put out, you know, like a false front 
And um, what, what happens then is they become controlled, you know, inadvertently and inevitably they become controlled by the image that they have portrayed. And the, the, so then they, the, the rest of their life is a lie. And then in order to cover for that lie, they have to tell more lies on top of lies. And this is where we get into mysticism and tricks. And this star and the explanation that Alex Jones gave for it, whether he believes that he's right or not, he, this is wrong, isn't it? I mean, what, what he said was inherently false. Yeah, I, I think that uh, what, what he said was, uh, was just because he doesn't necessarily want to be too negative about Jews or any symbols. He just didn't of- want to have that conversation at all. And so, you know, he kept coming at me with Jews and then asked me if I, you know, support Hitler. That was, I mean, yeah. mind-blowing. Um, but, you know, he, he kept saying, and I'm like talking about Zionist infiltration. Later, Nick Fuentes was, you know, talking about my conversation with Alex. And Nick said, I don't agree with Stu that he should be worried about Zionism because Zionism is like this easy enemy to have. He should just be saying Jews. But explain the difference. I mean, do you agree with me that Zionist infiltration and Zionist control over our institutions and our government is, it should be what the concern is? Well, I, I mean, why not both? You know, why do we have to choose? Because honestly, uh, Zionist infiltration is a huge problem. And obviously, Zionism is the bad guy. But Judaism is the bad guy, too, as far as I'm concerned, because I'm a Bible-believing Christian. And so I think Judaism is a satanic, wicked, Christ-rejecting, Christ-hating religion. And so, uh, you know, I, I'll say both. So you have you different know, factions I, inside of the inside of Judaism, right? You have Messianic Jews. Explain the difference between all of these things. Well, I mean, here's the thing: among Judy, among Jews, you have the the vast majority of Jews are just secular Jews. They're not religious anyway. It's more of like a cultural designation for them than a religious thing. Then, amongst religious Jews, the vast majority are what's called Reform Judaism. And this is just a super liberal branch of Judaism where like the, the the rabbi might be a lesbian or something. You know what I mean? Just just way off the deep end, super liberal. That's the vast majority of religious Jews. And then you have conservative Judaism, which is it's called conservative Judaism. It's still pretty liberal. But then you have Orthodox Judaism. And those Jews are the ones who are very strict on following the Talmud. Those are called Orthodox Jews. They They put the Talmud almost on par with you know, scripture itself. And then you have, of course, Hasidic Jews, which are the ones that you see with the very extreme outfit and, and you know, all that even more radical. So, I mean, there are all these different branches, sort of like there are denominations within Christianity. As far as Messianic Judaism, to me, that that's just a bunch of Christians that are just Judaizer Christians. And the Bible warns us about those kind of people in the book of Galatians and, you know, every Christian needs to read the book of Galatians because, you know, Judaizing is something that the Apostle Paul absolutely hated and railed on in that book. Because you have today a lot of Christians who just think it's cool to appropriate stuff from Jewish culture and it, it's exotic or something, you know, for them. And why would I want to appropriate stuff from a culture that rejects the Lord Jesus Christ? And obviously, the Jews throughout history, have been hated and persecuted over the last few thousand years. But this is the curse of God on them. God already prophesied uh, that when they would be dispersed into all nations, you can read this in places like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, that they would be a cursing and a byword 
and a pain in the butt everywhere they, you know, that's a paraphrase, but that, you know, everywhere they go, they're going to be uh, a pain. They're going to be hated. People are going to mock them. People are going to disrespect them. And that's what we've seen happen over the last few thousand years because they, they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ and they're under the curse of God, but they've turned this around now and they use all the bad things that have happened to them as a result of being cursed and punished by God. Now they use that to give them like a perennial victim status. And then, of course, the, the coup de grace was the Holocaust, you know, and so now because the Holocaust, they're just untouchable. You know, you can't tell the truth about them. You can't just have a conversation about them. And what's funny now is that among most evangelical Christians or even just people who are politically conservative, if you just say, well, the Jews aren't better than everyone else. They're just the same. We're all the same. We're all human, red, yellow, black and white. We're all equal. They they think that you're you're anti-Semitic for just saying the Jews aren't special. You have to say the Jews are special, better, superior, God's chosen people, or you're anti-Semitic now. Yeah. So are they not God's chosen people? Because Absolutely a lot of people not. would argue that the Bible says that these are God's chosen people. That is an absurd doctrine that has no basis in the New Testament. They always have to pull out Old Testament scriptures to talk about them being the chosen people because they used to be the chosen people back in the Old Testament. But Jesus said, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. You know, in the New Testament, he says to them, you are not my people. And he says to the Gentiles that you are now the people of God, those who have believed on Christ. Now, of course, Jews who have believed on Christ you know, they're God's chosen people too, but they're not Jews anymore. Now they're Christians, you know? And, and so to sit there and say that in the New Testament, the Jews are God's chosen people, how could someone who hates and rejects Jesus Christ, who's going to go to hell for all eternity, that's God's chosen people? That doesn't even make sense. And they have this cognitive dissonance where they're like, well, I know the Jews are going to hell because they don't believe in Jesus, but God's still blessing them. They're still the chosen people. What? What good is God supposedly blessing you if you're going to go to hell when you die? That's absurd. You know, Christians are God's chosen people. The promises were made to Abraham and his seed. The seed is Christ. We're in Christ. We're the seed. The branches have been broken off of, of, of the Jews. The, the Israeli branches have been broken off. And the Gentile Christians have been grafted in. Romans 11, book of Galatians. I mean, it's all, all throughout the New Testament we see that the Jews have been replaced by Christians as God's chosen people. So they, they haven't been God's chosen people since the first century AD. You know, if you look at uh, a mentally ill tranny man that's pretending to be a woman and mutilated his genitals and you say, yes, ma'am, um, you know, you're a bigot, right? You're, you're an insensitive bigot and a misogynist or whatever, whatever the word is. And if you mentioned that, you know, 78% of, of violent crime is committed by black people, uh, which is true, well, then you're a racist. And if you say or question anything that is Israel, then you're anti-Semitic, which is the worst of all of them, and will get you deplatformed and debanked and kicked off of every everywhere, and your whole career is canceled. Why is that? Where did that come from? Well, I, I think that basically when you have this kind of attack on white people in, in our modern time, because I'm, look, just, I'm not racist at all. I don't have a racist bone in my body, but I will say this. There is kind of an attack on white people, but I don't think it's really an attack on white people. I think it's an attack on Christianity 
And so what it ends up being is that because there's been a mainstream sort of evangelical or Protestant or Baptist Christian white culture in the United States over the last few hundred years, the goal is to overthrow that. And Satan is behind it because he really wants to overthrow Christianity. So to me, it's not about color, but I think that the reason why these things are all being conflated and, 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 and basically uh, you, you see, uh, you know, everybody's racist and everybody's anti-Semitic and, you know, it, it, it's really just tearing down the evangelical Christian basis for our country. And what, what's the motive? Well, spiritually, it's of Satan. And then I think politically, if you're going to get people to accept a, a totally new form of government, socialism or whatever, and 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 basically get rid of the U.S. Constitution that has served us so well for the last hundred years, you have to convince them that that their history is trash. And so everything America has ever done has been bad. It's just been all harmful to Indians, harmful to black people. You know what I mean? And and getting us to like hate ourselves as white Christian American men so that we're willing to flush our culture and our heritage down the toilet so that we'll be ready to embrace socialism, communism, whatever crap they have lined up for Satanism, us. Satanism, Judaism. Satanism, uh, you know, false religion, whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think is going on. So, I, you know, I, I think that um, part of the reason why they say, uh, you know, everybody's being labeled as a racist and everything, even if they do love you know, love people of all colors and, and treat everyone the same is just because the attack on being white is kind of a proxy attack on just the mainstream Christian culture of America that, you know, that we've had in the past. That's that's my take on it. And then you have all of the money growth in Israel. You have very powerful people there, very rich people, very, very rich and powerful. Um, and then you have the the, the lobby. The, the Zionist lobby is incredibly well-funded, super powerful, APAC, the ADL. Uh, the ADL can single-handedly get you banned from almost every social media platform. Mm. And so we talk about the power. We talk about why. Where, where did it come from? You mentioned this. I think, I think that was a great explanation. Why are people believing it? Why, why, do, why do Christians believe that Israel is the holy land and Israel, you know, these are God's chosen people and they're, they're, they're greater than us and that we should be. And why do they believe that this is the star of David? I mean, why are pastors preaching this and, and why are people so easily accepting of it? I mean, why well, wouldn't they stand up in church and say, no, Pastor Mike, that's wrong. Let's face it. Everything rises and falls on leadership and most Christians are going to go to church and believe what their pastor tells them. Obviously, we're supposed to be doing our own homework, checking the scriptures, making sure that what we hear at church is actually biblical. But just the reality of the situation is the vast majority of Christians are just going to believe what they're taught. They're just going to go with the flow. And then the pastors themselves, they go to a Bible college and you have a lot of charismatic professors and leaders and teachers the Bible college is hosted out of a big, successful church. They love it. It's beautiful. They follow all those teachings and they kind of, and not all those teachings are right, but they kind of just, they just go with it. And, and, and look, a lot of these guys are not even bad guys. They just, 
they don't question it. I mean, it, it took me a while to question it, even myself, just growing up and being taught that the Jews are God's chosen people and, you know, uh, thinking of the Star of David as a nice symbol or something. But uh, people put the Star of David people. on top of their Christmas tree. Oh, if we wanted to yeah. get into pagan uh, religions. Not a, lot I mean... of people, not a lot of people do their own homework, unfortunately. It's just the way things are, and it's the way things are always going to be, unfortunately. And so to fix the problem, what we need is a generation of pastors and leaders that will get up and teach their people the truth about this. That's really the only way to fix it. Yeah. And uh, to identify an attack, hey, we're being attacked. Hey, we're being occupied. We're occupied. Hey, we're being conquered. Who's doing it? And be honest about it. Mm -hmm. I, I mean... Never before have I ever seen where, you know, I mean, think about this. When we were told on 9-11 by George Bush, the, the criminal murderer, that extremist Muslim terrorists were responsible for that attack. Think about the rage that that, that inspired. And the rage was toward a group of Muslim extremist terrorists and then Islam in general. And I'm not defending Islam by any means. But that's how easily people are programmed. But also it was really easy to mention that that was the enemy. Mm -hmm. Right? So, no, we've identified the enemy. Now Toby Keith is going to write a song and then we're going to all rally behind George Bush and we're going to go bomb the out of Muslims. And everybody was like, yeah, let's do that. Meanwhile, if you mentioned that, you know, the, the secular nation state of Israel is responsible for carrying out war crimes and murdering U.S. naval personnel aboard the USS Liberty, torpedoing it. No, you're not allowed to say that. That's anti-Semitic. You cannot identify the enemy in this war at this time, and that makes it very dangerous. Pastor Anderson, thank you so much for coming back. We always appreciate having you. Yep, thank you. Pre appreciate it. I don't believe in the process of elections. I believe it's all rigged. I believe that they're all stolen. And the more I talk about this with experts every day, the more I'm convinced that we're living in this movie. It's all fake. But let's just say that somehow, magically, overnight, we return to this constitutional republic, two-party representative government system where your vote counts and it's real. There's not a single candidate who's willing to throw their balls on the table and stand up to do the right thing. The institutions that we rely on, the government, the legal system, the media, all of them seem to be increasingly focused on their own agendas rather than serving the interests of the public. We need to recognize that we can't count on them to save us. So you have to save yourself. And part of saving yourself means protecting your future. That's why I partnered with Gold Co. Because I believe that they can help you get into gold and silver just like they did for me. Here's the facts. Gold Co. has helped protect over $2 billion in gold and silver for people just like you and me. And right now they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver with qualified orders just for being a supporter of the Stu Peters Show. So whether you want to protect 50 grand or half a million or more, this is your opportunity to protect yourself from their out-of-control, corrupt government. Don't be a victim. Call Gold Co. 855-706-GOLD. Again, 855-706-GOLD or go to goldco.com slash stew. 
The government has told you lies your entire life. Hidden wars, dirty politics, stolen money through illegal taxation. No more. Break free now. Restore your freedom at the Premier Patriot Rally of 2024, hosted by Freedom Law School, Orlando, February 2nd through the 5th. The Restore Freedom Rally, bringing together the heart and soul of America for solutions. Featuring speeches from Stu Peters, Steve Kirsch, Mindy Robinson, and so many more. Go to RestoreFreedomRally.org today and check out the different packages. General admission to the Royal Event Package, which includes a banquet, movie premiere, awards dinner, and educational empowerment to defund the deep state. Don't miss this legendary event. Go to RestoreFreedomRally.org today. Filtersuck.com is the leading manufacturer in filterless air purification systems, whether you're dealing with pollen or mold or dust, shedding from your pet, or vaccinated neighbors' mRNA spike protein shedding. Filtersuck.com has solutions for every scenario, at home, at work, or on the go. Breathe with confidence. Don't let your air suck. Rest well knowing that your home is protected 24-7, so now you can get a unit for your home or a portable unit for on-the-go travel. That's Filtersuck.com. Use promo code STU for 10% off when you go to Filtersuck.com. Friends, I've got some alarming news. I've learned that over 70% of the power lines in our country, America, are over 25 years old, with many approaching the end of their typical 50 to 80-year life cycle. This will have severe consequences for our communities and our families, leaving us completely vulnerable to both power outages and cyber attacks. Coupled with the increasing number of major natural and manufactured disasters that our country is expected to experience in the future, it's no surprise that many Americans are searching for a safe and reliable alternative to traditional generators. Solar power generators are the only way to go, and solar power generators from Goal Zero offer a quiet, fume-free, reliable source of power. They're safe, they're portable, they're maintenance-free. A Goal Zero generator is ideal for all kinds of things, emergencies, camping, off-grid living. Don't wait for these people to manufacture another disaster. Go to survivalistscoop.com slash Peters to secure your family's safety right now. That's survivalistscoop.com slash Peters. If someone told you that you could change your life, change your entire life in 88 days, would you do it? Would you believe it? We are John and Chelsea Jubilee. What would you say if we told you you could reverse most any ailment or symptom without painful exercises in just 88 days? We have created the only patent-pending intercellular hydration protocol. Don't miss your opportunity to feel better. We know there's a lot of false hope out there, and many people have bought programs that work for a moment. But life's a lot longer than a moment. You need something that's sustainable that will take care of you for a lifetime. We have been helping people gain intercellular hydration for nearly three decades. You will lose fat, not weight, fat, fast, including that killer visceral fat. Chronic dehydration is one of the root causes of many ailments and symptoms. We encourage you, go log on our website and look at these amazing testimonials. Over and over again, we've heard our clients say it sounded too good to be true, but it worked for me. I needed to reduce my arthritic pain and I also um, had very, very high blood pressure that needed to normalize. And I'm pleased to say that I have absolutely no arthritic pain anymore and my blood pressure is normal. It was really cool to be able to get my life back. I didn't even think I'd cry talking about that. I endorse the, the program wholeheartedly. It has led to improvements that I can't fully explain based on uh, my medical knowledge as it was taught to me. Ask your doctor about Energized Health. 
Don't miss your opportunity to transform your health now. So log on to EnergizedHealth.com. That's EnergizedHealth.com. Possible side effects may include increased joy, energy, potential reduction in prescriptions, more fulfilling relationships, fewer doctor visits, and overall improved quality of health and life. If you're anything at all like me, I absolutely know without question that you would do anything to keep your family safe, to keep your loved ones secure. That's why I hope to God that you carry a gun wherever you go. Because if you're armed when you finally face yourself facing the unimaginable, you dramatically increase the chances that you'll live to see the other side of that situation and get to enjoy years to come spent with the people that you love the most. And in my expert opinion, there is no better holster for daily carry than the Vanish holster. The reason why it's the best holster for everyday carry, and the reason I know that you're going to love it, is because it's so comfortable that you'll forget that you're even carrying a gun at all. And when you're carrying all day, every day, which you should be, that's exactly what you want your holster to do. Vanish holster works with 99% of all guns sold today, which means that it eliminates the need to buy multiple holsters. Plus, it offers two pockets to carry extra magazines should you ever need them pray that you don't. My favorite thing about the Vanish holster, though, is that you can wear it with absolutely any kind of clothing while maintaining an incredibly deep level of concealment. You don't want to advertise that you're carrying a gun. Best of all, to celebrate the new year, Vanish and I have teamed up to offer you an amazing deal on this awesome holster. All last year, the retail price for the Vanish holster was $130. But when you go to vnsh.com slash stew, vnsh.com slash stew, you'll get it for less than the original price. That's V-N-S-H slash stew. Grab yours now. You'll love how comfortable it is. You'll love that you're living up to your calling to protect the innocent and those you love. V-N-S-H dot com slash stew.